If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Philippians. I spoke on this before, but I want to try to speak from it just a little bit different angle. And uh, turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. And we're going to be looking at verses 6 and 7. Philippians chapter 4. Now, it's something Jesus teaches us. And Jesus teaches us in Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 6, and Matthew chapter 7. He teaches us how to deal with the stress in this life. He teaches us about everything that's going to happen. If, if you will read those chapters, 5, 6, and 7, he does not leave anything out. And then Paul teaches the Ephesians on how to be equipped as a soldier of the Lord. And many times what we do to be, we say we need to be soldiers. Soldiers have to be taught war. Soldiers, soldiers, you take a kid that's 18 years old and you send him to the army. They don't just send him out to the front. They have to teach him war. They have to teach him. And how they're going to teach him is that they're going to break, break him down or her down now. And they're going to break them down and they're going to teach them how to be a soldier. And that's what Paul is doing to the Ephesians. He's going to start with chapter 1, and he's going to teach us who we are in Christ Jesus. He's going to go to chapter 2, and he's going to show us that we're made alive in Christ Jesus. He's going to go down through chapter 3, chapter 4, chapter 5. Wow. Praise the Lord. Boy, I like that. That, that was just like a light coming on. Oh, it was. But, but he teaches us, and then and you've heard me say this many times before, but I think it's worth saying again, that I think one of the greatest words in the New Testament is the word finally that we find in uh, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. And Paul says, finally, take on the whole armor of God. And he, he's telling us how to put that armor on. And many times we, we want to be soldiers, but we don't want to be taught how to be a soldier. But Jesus was a te teacher, and he, he used creative exercises. He used everything that was available. But in Matthew chapter 5, he's going to start off with the Beatitudes. Blessed are you, blessed are they. And he's going to start off with the Beatitudes, and then in 5 and 6, he's going to show us how to handle stress, anxiety, He's going to teach us how to not to judge one another. He's going to teach us that we're the salt of the earth. He's going to teach us that we're the light of the world. He's going to teach us a lot of things. He's going to teach us that there's things that we just can't change. No matter uh, how hard we try, the only one that's going to be able to change these things is him. He teaches us that. And then through the writings of Paul, mainly through Galatians and uh, Colossians and Philippians and Ephesians, those four books right there, Paul teaches us the whole New Testament, and he teaches us that, that how we are to live in Christ, and Christ is to be in us, and that the kingdom of God is in heaven, 
by the way, but it's also in the church. And that we are the kingdom of God, and he has placed the kingdom of God within us. I like what, what uh, uh, Doc Shell preaches when he says that the kingdom of God is within us, so every time somebody sees us, they face the kingdom of God. I also like the, the fact that, that he teaches that the world has lost its references on how to be moral or how to be good and, and the values because they've lost the reference book, which is the Word of God, which is the Bible. So if you don't have a reference book, then how do you know what's right? How do you know what's wrong? How do you live for the Lord? And then if you do have the reference book, which is called the Bible, and you keep taking everything out of it, how does your church know to operate in kingdom authority? And that's one thing that you have to understand is that when you got saved, you didn't get saved just to go to heaven. You got saved to be a witness here. I, I tell you, uh, Dave, uh, what's Dave's last name? Chikosi preached a good message Wednesday night on uh, that we're debtors. And Paul said, I am a debtor. And he, he talked about how we're debtors because once we get saved, there's some things that we, we, we have to do. Well, we're starting off a new year, and, you know, it's uh, like, okay, some people are going to go on diets. Don't do that, because you're not going to keep that, okay? And you're going to keep that for a while, and you're going to lose a little weight. Then all of a sudden, you're going to be bigger than what you were when that sugar fix starts to happen. You know, like, anybody here besides me like sugar? There's something about it. If I don't eat it, I don't miss it. I'm serious. Like, if I don't eat it, I don't miss it. But if I eat, if I start to eat, boy, then all of a sudden, man, it just takes a hold of me. Okay? Like, boy, we got some good cupcakes the other day. And, and Tony, you eat one of them, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> Things were really, really good. And then Jackie, what was that bread, Jackie, that you brought? That was so good. Okay? And that was good, but it was sinful, kind of, in a way. Okay, because, man, it kind of hooks you. And so we make, we make these resolutions, and we can't keep them. Okay? Now, listen, what we need to do, what we need to do is get in this word right here and be renewed. Now, there's some things that God is reminding me of, and we need these. And listen to what we need. We need to pray for a youth minister. We need to pray for youth. We need that. Now, now I, I don't want you to be upset with me because I love every one of you. I really do. And I'm not going nowhere. Not right now. Okay. You know, uh, I don't know what God's going to call in our life. But right now, you know, things are happening here in this church. This is a good church. And, and did you ever notice our old people aren't old? Did you ever notice that? Did you ever notice that, that even our old people get healed? It's amazing that we're not old. I mean, you, you take on that row right there. Now, how come you guys sit in that row right there together? That's amazing, the four of them. And I tell you, if you take their ages and, and, and multiply it by four, that's a lot of years. But have you ever looked at those four right there? They're not old. Old in age, but they're not old in the spirit. And the spirit of God keeps them young. 
And then look back there with Jackie and, and Ronnie. So, so our people, our people, we're getting older, but we're not old. And, and I don't know how Doris does it. And, and, and when we have school, okay, she keeps this school in operation. I'm telling you, she makes all of us look good, and I appreciate that. And, and I think it's okay to brag on people every now and then. We need to do that because we need to feel important. We need to understand that God has a purpose for all of us. And, and, but she's not old. Isn't that amazing? Now, there's times when we feel, well, wow, isn't that right? And I'll walk into Doris's office, and I'm not going to tell you that we haven't talked about our pains, okay? <laughs> we have, she said, we have. But people don't get old. And the reason why we're not getting old is because we have promise. And God has given us some promise. But we, we have to act on those promises, and we have to follow through with the, them promises. I said to a guy one day years ago, and I was probably in my 40s then, and, and I said, you know, I said, with all the vision that I have and everything that I want to do, I would have to live to be 150 years old. And I said, How, what, what do you do? I said, to this old, I said to this guy, I said, what do you do when you know that you have all this, but you're not going to get, live to see it through? You know, he told me, and, and I thought, you know what, that's true. He said, if you'll stay true to the promise, even if you don't get to see the finish, he said, God will, will reward you for the finish. And I thought, you know what, that's true. So what does that make us want to do? That makes us want to have vision. That makes us want to step in ministry. So now she's going to bring up on, on the, uh, the screen here, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Just verse 6 right now. And this is good. Be careful for nothing. But in, every, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Now, I, I like, I, you know, and, and I'm going back to the old King James and a lot of stuff. And it's not that I don't like the other translations. I do. And it's not that I'm so invested in the King James that I won't look at other translations because I do look at other translations because... I like the uh, New American Standard Bible. I like that Bible. There's, there's some Bibles I like and some translations, and then there's some translations I don't care for. You know, I, I don't care for that NIV Bible. I, I just don't care for it. I, I, and, and I'm not saying that the Messenger Bible's not of God. I just don't care for it. I, I don't like, it, it seems to me like they make fun of the, I don't think Jesus would talk that way. Okay, there's just certain ways. And, and uh, so, so there's certain transcripts, I mean translations, I don't care for. But I'm going back a lot to the old King James, and, and I like this. Be careful for nothing. Be careful for nothing. Now, that word careful right there doesn't mean to be, you know, be careful. What it means is, let God have everything. That's what it means. Be careful for nothing. We, we, we was in Tennessee... And we was there praying for a lady who was dying. And I knew she was going to pass away that, that evening. And so I knew she was going to pass away in the early hours of the morning. And I could see that my wife was getting tired. And so I say to a young man that's there, I said, would you take my wife back to the uh, motel when you leave? He said, I don't care to. And I said, okay. And so I told my wife, I said, he, he doesn't want to take you. I said, but... 
just kind of stick around. And, and so then, you know, uh, he uh, come up to me and he said, well, is your wife ever going to leave? He said, I need to go. And I said, well, you said you didn't want to take her. He said, I said, I, he said, I don't care to. And I said, I think that means something in your translation different than mine. And so you go to Tennessee and Alabama, and if they say, I don't care to, that means they want to. Yeah. If I said, I don't care to, what would you think? Oh. Yeah, but I don't care to. And, and I said, are you telling me that you're saying that? He said, yeah, worse yeah, let's go. And, and so after he left, I said to a lady, I said, well, he said he didn't care to. And she said, well, yeah. Yeah, he wants to take her. When he says, be careful for nothing, Here's what he's saying. He's saying, take the faith that you have and lay it on him. That's what he's saying. He's saying, listen to what he's saying here. He says, when he says, be careful for nothing, it means be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Be, don't, don't be anxious over your healing. Sherry, they, they, how, how many times have they written her off? But she's alive today. Guess what? So are we. Isn't that amazing? She's alive today. Well, she might not be alive tomorrow, Pastor. Well, you might not either. Nor I. But what, what is important is right now, today. Today is the day of salvation. Today is when God wants, some, wants to do something for you. Be careful for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Be, be anxious for nothing in your finances. Give it to the Lord. He said he'd take care of that for you. Jesus said, don't get afraid when you hear of wars and rumors of wars. He said, don't be afraid of that. He said, you're going to hear things that are going to try to scare you half to death. I was talking to a young man the other day. And he got a, he got a bad, bad prognosis. And he said, Pastor, I live by faith. But he said, i got to be honest with you. Fears, he said, fears got a hold of me. And I said, yeah. Well, he said, that's not right. I said, really? I said, that's interesting that John says, perfect love casts out all fear. Fear tries to get a hold of you. Fear wants to attach itself to you. And if you think that you're, you're void of that and that's never going to happen to you, you're wrong. Fear wants to grab you. Fear wants to get a hold of you, and it does. And that doesn't mean that you sin. That doesn't. But here's what it says. It says that God himself will cast it out when it tries to attach itself to you. Perfect love is Jesus Christ, and perfect love casts out all fear. So the enemy's always trying to attach something on us to make us feel like we're not worthy, to try to make us feel like we're unworthy, okay? He says, don't be anxious for anything, for nothing. He says, for your healing, for your finances, for the future. Sherry has as much right as anybody in this church to look for a future. I have as much right as anybody else in this church to look at a future. And when the doctor tells you, hey, it's over, you just need to look at him and say, it is for you too. Listen to me. 
He says, don't be anxious. Be anxious for nothing. I like this. Buy. I like that word buy. I look at that and say, wow. That's an amazing thing. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer. That, that's an amazing thing. But in, okay? He says, don't say for, but in. When you're, when you're going through a turmoil, when you're going through a problem, you know, give God praise and glory and honor anyway. When, when you're going through something, you can be mad at God all day long because somebody died, but it's not going to bring them back. You, you, can, you can get angry with God, and you might be angry with God right now because you think something went haywire in your life, and you believe God's responsible for it. Well, isn't he the creator and knows all things? You can do that, but it's not going to get you anywhere. Well, God, that's not fair. God never told you he's fair. He never told you he was fair. You look at some things and it seems like he's pretty unfair. Okay? So when, when he says, when, when uh, Paul's talking here, it's not for everything, but it's in everything. What are you going through? Are you so bitter and you're so angry you can't, you can't worship the Lord? This thing's got a hold of you and you're just angry. Because let me tell you something, anger will destroy you. Anger will destroy you. Men have rage. Women have rage inside of them. It's a destroyer. My sister was talking to me the other day, and she was talking about a person who had an immoral failure. And she was talking about this guy, and she she was asking me, well, what if he died? What would happen to him? Because he's a born-again Christian. And I told her, I said, listen, man, I'm not going to make a judgment call on that. I'm going to give that to God. Let God make, uh, uh, let him fall on the mercies of God. I said, you want to know the truth? I told her, I said, read the book of Ephesians. You want to grieve the Holy Spirit? It's that anger inside of you that grieves the Holy Spirit. You say, why, why, why would a married man have a, a moral failure? Because there's anger in there. Why, why does those things happen? Because we haven't given everything over to God and we're trying to do it our way. And guess what? It don't work. It don't work. We, we need a youth minister in this church and we can stay here and keep saying that. But boy, we better get on the ball and start looking for this guy or this girl. We better start doing that because I'm going to tell you, I expect uh, Noah and, and, and uh, uh, what's your name? Chloe. Thank you. I know what it is. They're going to have babies. Hopefully we got babies back there. I don't want them leaving, going to another church because they have no one to help raise their babies in the church. Can you say amen to that? We need a youth minister in here. We do that. I don't care what age they are. We just need somebody to do that. Now listen to what he says. He says, buy. Be anxious for nothing. But in it's, it, it's not for, okay? It's a situation that you're in. So in everything. Some of you might be in a situation right now. In everything. But in everything. By, listen to me, this is how God's going to set it up. This is how God's going to set it up. This, this should get down in our hearts and this should be faith. By. Everybody say by. 
Now look what he says. Be anxious for nothing, be careful for nothing, but in everything by, in everything by, listen, prayer. Prayer. Man, that, that, prayer is a constant communication with God. Prayer is. The Apostle Paul says to the Thessalonians, does anybody remember what he says to the Thessalonians? Not only does he say rejoice, again I say rejoice, but he said pray without ceasing. You say that's impossible. It's not impossible because if it was impossible, he wouldn't have said it. Because you getting and speaking verbally to the Lord is not always praying. Praying is when the Spirit of God comes through you and starts to communicate with the Father. And it's an interesting thing here. In your behalf right now, there is a conversation going on with the Holy Spirit and the Father concerning you right now. Right now, with me, there is a conversation going on with the Spirit of God in me that's going on with the Father, and that is called prayer. He is ever there for me making intercession. That's the Word of God. I want her to bring up something here. I want her to bring up Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Now watch this. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. Now listen to what it says. For we know not what we should pray. It's not saying we don't know how to pray. And we say that so many times. For when we don't know how to pray... That's not what it's saying. It's saying, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. The Spirit of God is praying through us. You do need to get on your knees. You do need to stand and worship the Lord. You do need to have a verbal communication with God. But there should be an access of the Holy Spirit in our life to have a continued conversation going on with God, which never stops. It's an amazing thing. Watch this one, the verse 28. I like verse 28. Bring verse 28 up. And he that searches the heart knoweth what is in the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Holy Spirit is speaking to, through me right now concerning me to the Father. And the Father is speaking to the Spirit concerning me what is good for me. Even when I'm not good. The Spirit of God never stops intercessing, intercessing, intercessing for me. Never. He's searching everything and He is praying for me. And listen what the Apostle Paul says to the Corinthians. Listen to what he says. He says, be anxious for nothing, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer. Constant communication. Pray without ceasing. It's an amazing thing what Paul says about the Romans. He says to the Romans, he said, man, God's there. Did you ever feel like God wasn't there? 
Come on, people. Yeah, my wife is not here right now, so I'm going to say it. When our grandson died, she prayed so hard for his healing. She, 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 was in, she was in tears. She was praying. And God took him home. God took him home. It was hard on her. It was hard on her. I'm not telling you that things aren't going to be hard. Al Bros comes to this church, great friend of mine, and I get a little wild with him. And that, that, that hurt me deep. Because I wanted a long while with him. Because we'd been friends for so long. When, when Paul Nold was taken out of this thing like he was, and in the fashion that he was, that hurt. And it seemed like, where are you at, God? What's going on here? But it, when you start to look at all the things that happen as God is taking these people, so many wonderful things have come out of them being caught away with the Lord. It's a wonderful thing how with Al Bro's families came together, with, with, my, with my grandson, you know, families came together, with Paul Nold. I mean, even, even to this day, you know what, Deanna needs prayer. And, and, and I'm hoping she's watching because she watches a lot of times. And we, we're, we're in prayer. Listen to me, God doesn't forsake us even though we feel like He does. But He doesn't. And the Spirit of God is always interceding for you and I even now. So listen to what He says by prayer and supplication. What is this word supplication? It means a petition, asking, seeking, knocking, and, and using bulldog tenacity to go after God. To go after God. We go after God for wrong things. The, the Apostle James says to the church, it's a Hebrew church, the, the book of James is more Jewish than any, it's, it's more Jewish than Hebrews itself, it's a Jewish Bible, and a Jewish book, and he's, he's saying, he's saying to, okay, I'm glad that's not telling me to stop. But, but listen to what he's saying. He says to those people, he said, man, you quarrel and you don't have. He said, you pray and you ask amiss. He, he said, you pray, you're going to get some of those things, going to bring terrible consequence. But here's what he's saying here. He said, man, you got a supplication. You're going to God. Go after him. Go after God. But he says prayer first. He's talking about that constant communication of Holy Spirit talking through you and God talking back to Holy Spirit. And this thing is going around and around and around. Right now, pray with out ceasing in my humanity it's impossible for me to do that but guess what i am not if you want to be that's fine but i am not a mere man and that's what paul said to the corinthian church he said why do you act like mere men he said do you not know that you are going to judge angels boy think about what what's going to happen to us and what is happening to us? We're not mere men. Man, we have access to the throne of God and we can go in there. And here's one thing about going into the throne of God. The righteous scepter of the Lord is always stretched out for us. Always. When Esther goes into that king, 
She has to have that scepter stretched out because if it's not stretched out for her, she's going to perish and she knows it. Listen, when Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose again, that scepter was handed out to the church and to this day it's still handed out to us and it's never going to be withdrawn. That's an amazing thing. Supplication. Sometimes we pray and we pray amiss. There's nothing wrong with asking for a baby girl. There's nothing wrong with asking for a baby girl. And there's nothing wrong with praying for a baby girl. They're going to get the baby, but I don't know if it's going to be a girl. But if they keep searching, it might be a girl. But boy, all of a sudden, well, God, I want a girl. We're going to throw the boy away. We want a girl. I like Christy. Christy just told Harold, hey, we got boys. We still going to have babies till we get a girl. Harold knows what supplication is. God, give us a girl. We got that on tape, Harold. Supplication. Boy, I like this word supplication. What, what would happen in the new year if we'd go into prayer, like he says, in supplication, a petition, asking, seeking, not knocking, searching? What would happen if we got into earnest prayer for the school building that God has promised us. How about that? How about if we got in earnest prayer and supplicating prayer for a youth minister that God has promised us? How about that maybe we have just taken a little bit too granted for the widows that are in this church? Come on. That's failure on my part. Take care of our widows. Hey, listen, what, what, what happens if we would supplicate and go to prayer? for sin that we know is breaking up families in our churches or in our families. What happens when we say, hey, listen, we're going to pray till the kingdom of God just comes right down in the midst of who we are? Because that's, that's, that's what's going to happen when revival takes place. Now listen to what he says. He says, be anxious for nothing, but by prayer and supplication with, everybody say with, because this is how he's going to set it up. With. This is how he's going to set it up. You're not going to get out of it free. There's a prerequisite here. With. This is how to get it done. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Praise and worship continually. In the heart and in the mouth. Praise and worship leaders should never have to try to push a congregation into praise and worship. Come into this church and you should already be wanting to praise the Lord and worship the Lord. Smith Wigglesworth said something that I, I hold, I got a hold of it when I was in my 20s and I just started preaching when I first did and I got a hold of it and I use it now. And here's what Smith Wigglesworth said. He said, when the Spirit don't move, I'll move the Spirit. And somebody says, that's impossible. That's more possible than what you know because the Spirit of God is within you and you start to move in the Spirit and somebody else will start to move in the Spirit and all of a sudden then the anointing will come all over the church and it's amazing what God will do. Do you know what? Where half of us are afraid of the anointing because we've been taught not to raise our hands in the church. We've been taught that the offices are no more. We've been taught that the gifts 
have ceased and we've been taught about all of these things and they're no more in, in, in the word and God wants us to come in there and be sanctimonious and be just kind of straight. And you know what? It's amazing to me that when people see other people worshiping, that, that they say, well, that's not of God. Hey, you don't want to go to heaven. I'm telling you right now, man, if you believe that, you don't want to go to heaven because you're going to worship when you get to heaven. You're going to have a praise in you. You're going to have a joy inside of you that you never saw before or felt in your life. You who won't run will run. You who won't roll will roll. I want you to understand when that old boy wrote that song, I Can Only Imagine, all you can do is imagine what you're going to do when you get to heaven. But brother, you're going to do something. Amen. It's going to happen. I'm telling you right now. And why not start doing it now? Worship the Lord. Worship the Lord. I worship the Lord in front of my kids in there. And they go, you know what their problem is? They'd like to, they just can't. Embarrass. You take them little kids. All them little kids will sing. Oh, they'll sing and they'll just have fun singing. They like singing in three or four more years, then they'll be embarrassed and won't do it anymore. How many of you like to sing? Then sing. How many of you like to shout? Then shout. Paul Nold. Paul Nold gets that new knee and starts to run. Did almost fall down, though. Kind of wish he had at that point so we could have laughed at him a little bit. But he, he, he almost took off running. The joy of the Lord. Thanksgiving. We, 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 this is the quietest world you're ever going to be in. He said, with, and this is going to set the stage, with thanksgiving. Worship continually in the heart and in the mouth. And then he says this, let. And when, it, when he says let, that's action. That's action. Let your request be made known to God. That's the process. Let. Isn't it amazing that you say God knows and he does, but he doesn't do anything. And Jesus said, your father knows your needs before you ask him. Something about asking. Because listen what it does. It activates faith. When you ask. Now, now listen, don't get angry. But you don't have to beg God. Please. That is awful. When you beg God, it's all right to be respectful to God, and it's all right to say thank you, Lord, in certain ways. But to beg God means that he can't really do it or he won't do it. It's an amazing thing how we've been taught. No, no, praise the Lord and thank him for what he's done and rejoice in the fact. And then when you come in and you come into this church and it's dead or in a wedge, then you start to have the anointing inside of you, start to move inside of you, and you start to worship the Lord. And then next thing you know, somebody else is going to do it. And then somebody else is going to do it. And man, you've got a revival on your hands that, that nothing can match it. I don't have no more of an anointing than anybody else in here. But I like to sing. And when I sing, I like for God to touch me. I like that. It is no secret. And I start singing that to you, and I'm going to start to worship the Lord. 
I was singing. Anybody, the radio program, if you ever listen to it, my mom sings uh, the, the song Gethsemane. And, and she's been singing that now for 76 years over the radio. And my brother brings in the song and says, here, you sing this. And so I start singing that song, you know. But a golden day hath broken. In old Gethsemane, I'm sitting in the, in, in the, uh, the, the fellowship hall. We, we did the, the song, we did the uh, radio program in the fellowship hall. And I'm singing, but a golden day has broken. In old Gethsemane, the mornings all come singing songs of victory. There's a new highway. How can you not feel the Spirit of God when you start to worship Him and you start to sing and all of a sudden everything just goes away? It just goes away. And God, listen to what He says, let with thanksgiving, praise the Lord, there's a new day has broken. When He goes to Gethsemane and He dies on the cross and He raises Himself up from the dead, listen, a new day broke. And we don't live in that day no more. We have access to the throne of God and because we have access to the throne of God, all I want to do is worship the Lord. I don't have a problem worshiping Him. I don't have a problem singing to Him. Action, your request be made known. It's God's process. Verse 5, it says, let your gentleness... Oh, wait, I, I want to do something here. I, I'm going to go back to that in just a minute. Okay? Uh, bring up verse, uh, verse 7. Verse 7. What the, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your heart and minds through Christ Jesus. Well, I like that. I like that. Okay, I like that. You, you know, he says, let. It's an, act, it's an action, uh, your request. Let it be made known to the Lord. It's something that God wants you to do. And the peace. Everybody say peace. You know what peace is? Absence of malice. That's it. You don't have peace right now. You got malice. No, Pastor. Well, that's true. You do. Peace is the absence of malice. When Christ goes to the cross and he's just wore out because they have beaten him so bad, he's in perfect peace. Now, I'm not telling you that he's not hurting because he is. Probably every nerve in his body is hurting. Nobody was beaten like that. You would not recognize him. He was beaten so bad. A lot of doctors say they don't even know how he lived to get to the cross. He was beaten so bad. Said that when, when, they, when they hit him with that cat of nine tails, said it just ripped the flesh right off until where his insides was showing through his ribs. I mean, it's something else. And then when they, when, when they, when they crucified him, they did not crucify him straight up and down. They bent his knees. So that he had to move up and down just so he could breathe because he's being asphyxiated, so he'd move. He has no flesh on his back. But he's in perfect peace. You say he can be. He's in perfect peace. You know why? Can he have no malice? Why did he go to the cross? For us. 
Why did he die? That we might have relationship with the Father, that our sins, and we would be a redeemed people, our sins would be forgotten, and they would be washed wide away by the blood of the Lamb. Perfect peace. He had no malice whatsoever for anybody that did anything to him. Now, I don't understand that. But that's the way it is. He did. No, he says, and the peace of God, and the peace of God, this is it, not your peace. Because God's peace is supernatural. It's supernatural, man. It ascends. It transcends far above anything. It, 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 it's supernatural because it says, which surpasses all understanding, all human comprehension. No one can understand that. No one. No one understands that peace right there. Listen to what it says, and the peace of God it will surpass all human knowledge. All it does, it comes inside of you because all of a sudden you have given that over to Him and the peace of God comes inside of you and it, it, it starts to heal you and no one can understand how God does that. We know more about the universe and the world than we do peace. We understand nothing about peace. Because a lot of people don't know peace. Let me, if you're one of these people, you need to get out of it. There are people that live in crisis all of the time, Christian people. When they get out of that crisis, they invent another crisis because they only know how to live in crisis. There's some people, all they know how to do is live in drama. Man, that gets old. My goodness sakes, how to give you ulcers. I'm not saying, you know, hey, listen, I'm saying this, man, let the peace of God. No, I don't understand how God does it, but I feel it. Can you say, man, that? No, I don't know how he does it. I don't know how this thing takes place, but I do know this. I feel it, and it's deep down inside of me. And when I'm going through a trial, the peace of God is there relieving me of anything that the enemy is bringing against me. It is called the peace of God, and the world cannot understand it. It's called the peace of God, neither can the church understand it. But it is a supernatural peace that comes down like a blanket, and it will heal you beyond whatever you think can happen. The peace of God. The peace of God. Do you have peace in your life? I'm going to ask you that because the Lord just asked, told me, do you have peace in your life? Because if you don't, you can. We don't understand it. Then what happens? We just receive it. I understand. I don't understand salvation. I don't understand salvation. Red blood washes me white. I know. You have all kinds of analogies. Light bulb and Okay, I still don't understand it. I don't understand the Godhead. There's three that bear record in heaven, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Yet these three are one. I don't understand none of that stuff. Well, Pastor, you ought to. Well, I don't, and you don't either. No, them oneness, they're wrong. They just are. Because there, there, there is three that bear record in heaven. Bible! That's wrong. That's wrong doctrine. And you say, well, you can't say that. Well, I did. It's wrong doctrine. There's, there, there's a trinity. And yet the Bible says these are all wrapped up in Jesus Christ and have become one. Mm -hmm. So do you understand that? Shake your head, no. 
Accept it and receive it. That's all you got to do. Is just accept it and receive it. The peace of God, accept it, receive it. Faith that God's given you, accept it, receive it, and let God do it. You don't have to understand everything. And you're not going to understand everything. I don't understand everything. That's my wife. She'll tell you. You husbands think you understand everything? Uh-uh. Ask your wife. Hey, I like this. It said it'll guard your heart. It'll guard, guard your heart. So watch this. Genesis 2.15. Had to question mark beside that one, but bring it up. Genesis 2.15. I didn't know if I was going to use this one, but I think I'll use it. You, are, are you bringing it up? Okay. Yeah. Who, who said patience? My, you know what? My, my, when I was working for the VA, and, and I've always had a difficult time with patience, and, and my mother bought me a, a kind of a plaque-like deal, and it was this big old wedge of cheese and this little bitty mouse praying on his knees. And the wedge of cheese is probably ten times bigger than the mouse. And the mouse is praying and saying, God, give me patience, but could I have it all right now? Still haven't got it. Oh, we got it now? We had it and it disappeared? Okay, there we go. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and keep it. There you go. Cultivate it and keep it. That keep it means guard it. You see, and Adam didn't guard Eden. So why did he say, because the devil was in Eden and God said, guard it. Now listen to what happens here. And it will guard your hearts. Adam couldn't understand how to guard Eden and he let it down when he fell. But here's what it said. It says, if you'll go after God and his peace gets a hold of you, listen what's going to happen. God is going to guard your heart. And I'm going to tell you, God is not like Adam. God, Jesus is not like the first Adam. He is the last Adam. And he says, he'll guard your heart. He's going to guard your heart. Because wherever you are struck, you are always struck in your heart or in your feelings. Listen, he said, and he will guard your hearts. The Bible says, perfect love casts out fear. Hey, could you be honest right now? And if you got fear, would you raise your hand? It's okay. I'm going to raise my hand. No, I'm the only one here. That's fine. I got one up there. I got one there. Okay, listen to me. Listen to me. I do not like airplanes. Mm -mm. You're getting in this little tube, and you're going to shoot it like a dart across the country. And you're going to be in it. And it says this. It says that if it's going to crash, it's going to crash on the takeoff or on the landing. So once I get up there, I just want to stay. So I, I don't. And, and so I'm sitting in the airplane. And so then I'm going, oh, oh. I can see this fire coming right down through there. I'm going to preach. I'm, I'm going on a missions trip to preach, and I'm afraid in the airplane. And finally, we get up in the air. Nancy's with me. 
And that airplane goes, and must have dropped a thousand feet right there. I about died. My goodness sakes, it scared me. And my wife, she's acting like it didn't bother her. I said, yo, liar, I know it did. I'm telling you the truth. And God rebuked me. And he said, you don't have faith in me. I said, no, Lord, I am afraid. And he said, I commissioned my angels to protect that plane. And I was sitting in that plane, and you don't have to believe this or you don't want to. I saw three angels, three, I mean six angels, three on one side, three on the other side, flying right along with that airplane. Never forget it. I've never been afraid since. Now we're in the airplane. <laughs> and we're gone, and we're in a bad storm. It's a good story. You need to hear it. I might get done with this message someday. But we're in a storm, and I've got, I think, uh, three or four other preachers with me. And we're going to have a pastor's conference. This is a bad storm. And we finally get to where we're going, and uh, he misses the runway. Whoa, he shot straight up in the air. And everybody's just, they're, they're dying right there. <laughs> I have one, one preacher that preaches about faith all the time. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And he wasn't saying, my God, holler, not to God. Scared half to death. I mean, man, that, everything. And I would be, you know what? I was at peace. I was at peace. So this little old lady... She was just freaking out. So I put my hand between the seat and laid it on her shoulder and started praying for her. And she about jerked my arm off. She, she grabbed a hold of my arm and pulled me up to that seat. And, all, and we had to fly around now for about 45 minutes to an hour. And I'm hooked to her seat like that. And she's got a hold of me. And, 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 the, and the pilot says, we're going to try it one more time. we got a window. We're going to try it one more time. People go, whoa, whoa. And, and you know what? I wasn't afraid. We landed. And all of them got out of there, all my preachers. Well, they're walking. You liars. <laughs> all of my preachers walking. You, you, you got, they had lost their faith. Fear. You know what the word says? The word says that fear will try to attach itself to you, but the perfectness of Jesus Christ will cast it out, will cast it away. It's not that you're not going to have fear. You are. Just don't let it attach itself to you. And when you hear that big word cancer, don't think that is a death sentence like the devil's going to tell you. Turn it over to the Lord. Listen, and the peace of God which surpasseth all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Listen to me. God is still on the throne. He was then, He is now, and He is always going to be. He will guard your hearts and minds. The center of a man is his mind. 
And when fear gets a hold of that thing, that man will do anything to attack, to try to get away from that, even to killing himself. Let God do it. Through Christ Jesus. And I like this, through Christ Jesus. Stand with me. Because I'm going to take just a minute on through Christ Jesus. Do you all remember when you used to have to strain flour? Flour. You strain it. Sift it. Yeah. But straining. I'm preaching. But it had to go through something. Like I, what it, was, it had to go through a sifter. Got it. And, and, and so it had to go through a sifter. And that's all God's saying. He's saying, if you will give yourself to me, he said, I'll run you through a sifter until the only thing that's left is purity in Christ Jesus. Bring it up for me. Colossians chapter 3, verse 3. Watch this. Stay standing with me. For you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. For you are dead, and your life... Now watch this. Bring up verse 14. And above all these things put on charity, which is the, perfect, which is the bond of perfect, perfectness. Above all these things. Above all of what things? Now watch what he's going to do. Go back to verse 12. Go back to verse 12. Therefore... Listen to me, everyone, a praise team, everybody. Therefore, as the elect of God, keep that up there. As the elect of God, that's you. I'm speaking to the elect of God, every one of you. We are the elect of God. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, vows of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and long-suffering. That's what he's saying. But listen to what he's saying. The elect of God is holy and beloved. He says, put on tender mercy, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. He says in verse 13, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. Put on love, which is the bond of perfectness. Of perfectness. Now, now watch this. Above all these things. Above all these things in verse 14. Above all what? Above all these things. Put, put 314 back on there. Above all we have just read, the attributes of a Christian, mercy, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. He says, above all these things, he says, above all these things, put on charity. That's love. That's Jesus Christ, which is the bond of perfectness. Give it to Jesus. This is a new day. This is a new day. This is a new year. Ah. Don't wait till next year to start a new year. Do it right now. Do it right now. Give me some music. Yeah. Don't be anxious. Trust God. Trust Him. 
and he'll bring these things to pass. Psalmist David said, if you'll commit your way to the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. What's God saying to you? Are you angry? If you are, lay it down. You can come to the altar and lay it down. You can lay it down right there. You're angry. Do you not have peace? Because perfect peace is what's going to guard your mind. It's just going to heal you. You afraid? It's not of God. Has fear attached itself to you and you feel humiliated and you feel like you have no faith whatsoever? Listen, perfect love casts it out. So rely on Jesus. That's what it's all about. Start to stir up the anointing that's inside of you. Encourage yourself in the Holy Spirit. Wigglesworth was right when he said, if the Spirit's not moving, then I'll move the Spirit. There is an anointing in you, John says, that no one can teach you or needs to teach you for that anointing is the teacher. And then here's what what Paul tells to Timothy. He said, Timothy, don't neglect those gifts. But stir what? Stir up the spirit that's in you. I am going to stir the spirit right now. Inside of me is when I sing, the spirit of the Lord is moved.